lonely and seeking a short, hairy, ill-tempered, borderline alcoholic Canadian, preferably wearing nothing but maple syrup. Welcome to episode 25 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the beginning of June, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is someone who plays havoc with my mind, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. We post some of our favorite X-Men and X-Men related images every single day. And we talk about the X-Men in a way not suitable for children or Gwyneth Paltrow. So make sure they aren't listening because it's going to be pretty embarrassing if you're the one who has to explain to Miss Paltrow what coming is. Poor, naive little Gwyneth. Also, thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys even more for going back and listening to episode one of our podcast. <laughs> Stop knocking episode one. It's a it's... good episode. When was the last time you listened to it? I don't know. I'm going to listen to it on the way home from here. I, I haven't listened to it in a very long time. Usually I'll listen to at least part of an episode after it's posted just to hear how we're doing and see how i'm doing editing and things like that but um i'm not very tech savvy so episode one was really really rough and obviously we Mm. didn't really know what we were doing we recorded a demo before that and it was not very good but for whatever reason our editor-in-chief said yeah go ahead keep doing this (laughs) (laughs) thanks chris yeah so thanks but and thanks for listening but it's just funny i was like yeah don't go back and listen to episode one and then at least 12 of you guys listened to episode one. That's, so. uh, that's, uh, what's it called? Uh, reverse psychology. Reverse psychology? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Listen to, listen to this episode and tell How your, are they going to hear friends. you unless they are listening to this episode? That's very meta. Jesus. We're not getting philosophical here. In all seriousness, thanks for listening. We, we really appreciate it. Also, feel free to, uh, to to contact us you know send us a message you you can you can comment on our instagram pictures or you can we, just we need you to to validate us yeah yeah please validate we us. we crave attention yeah which is why we do this we don't care about the x-men no. we just want to hear how pretty we are that's right right but uh yeah no you, you can ask us you can ask us anything you want it, it doesn't matter uh what color underwear we're wearing that that particular day. Purple. Uh, I don't mind. I'll talk about it. We just we were just talking about underwear a little while ago. Yeah, in right? in Slovak they're called gachis. Right. That's what my mom says all the time. You got any gachis you need washing? Yeah. And what's the cute way of saying it? A gotch- gotchkis. A gotchki. So so Patty asked me like, you got enough gotchkis? And I had no <laughs> idea what it meant. And so I was like, yeah. They called me the king of gotchkis in high school. <laughs> And then she tells me it's underwear. So that was that was a fun time. I learned I learned a word in another language. Yeah, I can basically speak Slovak now. Basically, basically. All right. So uh, so we're we're supposed to talk about comics. I think. So well, let's talk about Old Man Logan's gachis. <laughs> yeah. So Old Man Logan number forty. The reason why why I wanted to talk about this is because we started on the last episode this this two issue story arc. So I figured out oh, we might as well finish it up, and I loved it. Uh, this was a great issue. I'm I'm happy that they were able to take care of things in two issues and actually make the story good. And it was good. I'm glad to see Shark Girl get some play, even though she was a, a ridiculous character. Uh, I just, you know, she's one of those, one of the students who doesn't get featured very often, ever. It's kind of like, you wonder why they introduce some of these kids just so they just fade into the background. Uh, so it was nice to see her. Uh, you know, Glob comes back to the, back to the mansion 
you know, he doesn't want to talk. And Shark Girl's reaction is like, if that girl broke his heart, I'm going to hunt her down and eat her face. Like, that's awesome. That sounds is, like something you would say. That is something that I have said. She's so violent. You know what I, I mean? I love her. She's somehow She's sweet. a shark. She's somehow, but she can transform. That's the thing. She can go back to looking like quote unquote normal. I really? believe she's Hispanic girl. Yeah. Don't feel like I ever remember seeing that. Yeah. Well, the, but that's the thing. Well, she what does she get, look like a shark all the time? Because she likes it. She feels more like natural and at home in her shark state. Oh, okay. So like cat's eye. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. But she's like, shark girls are just like inherently violent, yet somehow cute, even though she looks like a shark. She's I don't know, I love shark, her. She's a shark, but she's a girl. Oh, do you remember that joke? <laughs> she's a shark girl. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Do you remember that joke that Parasailin used to say? <laughs> that, uh, what's the difference? Parasailin? Yeah, Parasailin. You just called her Parasailin? Yeah, that's what I call her. <laughs> she had this joke that was really stupid that was like, what's the difference between a shark and a hockey mom? lipstick <laughs> isn't that fucking stupid i love that joke i love that joke sarah palin is so funny yeah. and she doesn't even need to try yeah i know <laughs> clearly paris salen what was that from we saw that it on was something. on rupaul's drag race right paris salen bringing it, bring it, this podcast all the way back to rupaul's drag race i've never i'd never thought about I that used before to call her that all the time i can't believe you've never heard me say that and my environmental biology professor used to make fun of her all the time too <laughs> but he never brought up paris salen oh that's amazing uh, okay, so so back to old man Logan, number forty. Yeah, so we know we know why Glob is acting all weird. It's because he's got all these fucking explosives strapped to him um, because of the purifiers. And I'm like, okay, so the purifiers' plan was to just set off this small explosion to take out like their security systems and shit. Like it could have just been some big explosion, you know what I mean? But obviously these New York City purifiers are really fucking stupid. Like that's that's the premise of this, you know, because other uh, factions of purifiers have been doing so well, but the ones in New York City, not so much. The thing that I thought was kind of stupid about this is, okay, so they strap the bomb onto Glob and... He just, like, walks into the school. I mean, I know that they had this girl, Sasha, over him, that they were kind of like, if you don't do this, we're going to kill her. Yeah. But, like, he just kind of, like, walked past everybody. Like, why didn't he tell them? I mean, I'm assuming, maybe I missed something, or I just don't remember, but I'm assuming they were, like, listening in, and they, like, were right. Oh, maybe, They were right there, too. Like, obviously, they were monitoring the situation somehow, because, yeah, you know, I thought about that at the end of the last issue. Or I'm he like, should have, like, run into the danger room if he could have made it in time I, so that it have exploded in there. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess. That that makes sense, too. But I don't know. He was really scared. He was really nervous. I don't I don't really blame him. You know, but so nobody gets hurt. You know, the just the entrance to the mansion is, like, you know, a little destroyed. But, you know, everybody's, everybody's the okay. The mansion gets destroyed every week. Yeah, no, literally every Whatever. fucking week. But uh, I was happy to see some of these guys in action. You know, we see Rockslide, who we're seeing a little bit more now. Um, but Shark Girl's fighting, Glob is fighting, Cecilia Reyes is in there, and she's fighting too. And this is all nice. But what I thought was was upsetting though was Anal's job is to get all of like the rest of the students down to the danger room for safety. And I can understand that to a degree, but then you see uh, No Girl and Quentin Choir in there. And I'm like, yeah, I they was like, should be helping. I was like, not only should Quentin be helping, 
But there's no way that he would, like, accept the fact that, oh, okay, it's dangerous. We have to go sit in the danger room. <laughs> he would have been like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to kill some racist motherfucking Nazis. I, I agree, but I feel like at the end of Generation X, they kind of nerfed him a little bit, you know? They, they just snipped a little bit of his balls away, you know, because, you know, it's all like, oh, we love you, you have friends, stay here, don't leave Quentin, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, he, but he's still going to punch a Nazi in the face, <laughs> Yeah, man. yeah. He's Quentin Choir. I get you, and that's why I thought that that was a little out of place. Like, you know, if the two of them... Like, at least just don't show him there. Yeah, if the two psychics weren't there, you know, just, just don't put them there, because they're not the kind who are, first of all, going to, like, just go hang out in the danger room. Like, they're useful from a distance. You know, the two of them as telepaths could have just, like, put everyone to sleep. But uh, whatever. I still loved this issue, though. Even though it was, like, really, really, like, a sad journey, we have to find out that Sasha was actually a fake. She was one of the purifiers. And it was, like, really sad as I was reading it. You know, she's like... You know, you really thought someone would want to date you? Every time I see that ugly mug of yours, it makes me want to barf. And she's burning him, and he's just standing there and take. I mean, obviously, he's not hurt, but, like, there's, she's shooting him with fire, and he's just standing there, like, all depressed until Shark Girl knocks her out. And is like, I want to eat her eyeballs and her spleen. <laughs> and, again, I love Shark Girl, but still, it was just, it was so sad to see this kid just get shit on this way. You know what I mean? No, I know. I really felt so bad for Glob because he does look disgusting, but I wouldn't tell him that to his face. No. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And, you know, maybe one day he'll meet a girl who doesn't care about appearances, like, at all, even a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, like, but but look at the friends that he's got. You know, he's got Shark Girl, who looks like that all the time. He's got Anal, who isn't the cutest guy, oh, especially with cute. that fucked up arm. No, he's cute. And Rock Slide. So, yeah, it's like, you know, they're all like the fucking Island of Misfit Toys. And, I mean, obviously the whole purpose of this is to, you know, kind of humanize old man Logan a little bit. Like, oh, he's still got it. You know, because then he has, like, a little talk with Glob to make him feel better and show him, like, hey, man, you have people who care about you. It doesn't matter if you don't have, you know, like, a sexy partner right now. Like, if I can get one, you can get one one day. So, old man Logan's but, still good with the kids. Uh, but <laughs> Logan is fucking hot. And, like, that's the difference. What, old man Logan? Old well, man wrinkly no, balls? No, no, no. Not, you, not you imagine old... those wrinkly balls I slapping am, on you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, not <laughs> old man Logan, but Logan for most of his existence was fucking hot. If you say so. Okay, I do. <laughs> and so do like the 50 women who have canonically slept with him. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I, okay, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I can't really argue that. But, uh, so yeah, so I thought that this was, uh, I thought that this was a great issue. I thought this was a great little star story arc. Um, I know that there are some people that don't really like Glob. Um, I know. Ooh, I know point that, them out to me. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna eat their face. And I know that there are some people that probably don't care about these students, but you know, I do. I love D-list characters. I love background characters because I always feel like there's so much untapped potential there. So yeah, that's why. That's why I thought this. This was great. So moving on to Hunt for Wolverine Mystery in Madripoor number one which is the last of the few Hunt for Wolverine miniseries that we're getting. And so this is the first issue, so we got to talk about it. I honestly really enjoyed this, and it's kind of weird for me to say that because last episode we were talking about Adamantium Agenda and how it had, like, 
it ended with like nothing to do with Wolverine, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then this issue, like, it ends with 100% nothing to do with Wolverine, but I, I loved this issue. I, I really did. I loved this cast of characters, you know, who all know Logan really well. I call them Logan's ladies. I love it. I hope you do. I love it. It's like Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Or the Golden Girls. Wait, there was a show, uh, Logan's Heroes, right? Logan, Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes. Okay, <laughs> let's call them Logan's Heroes. Logan's Heroes? Yeah. Okay, Logan's Heroes, good. You know, I saw the box set of Hogan's Heroes, like, every day, because my dad has the box set on VHS. That show. I don't even know what it's about that or show. what it is, but I've seen that, like, every day of my fucking life. I told you about it, I think. I took this class last year, and one of our ongoing assignments for the class was we had to watch a classic TV show, like at least two episodes, and then write kind of like a synop- a brief synopsis and give our thoughts and how it would like hold up today, if it would hold up today. And so one of the series that I decided was Hogan's Heroes, and I watched the first two episodes, and it was like the stupidest fucking thing. It takes place in um, a Nazi fucking concentration camp. Oh, there are all the uh, soldiers that are, you know, basically POWs, and... They just, um, the guy, I guess it was, so he's kind of like an informant. He's kind of like a mole in there. He's staying in the concentration camp and getting information about what the Nazis are doing out to like our side. And they just kind of painted all the Nazis like a bunch of fucking dumbass bumbling fools to the point of like hilarity. Like we're supposed to be laughing at these Nazis for like, oh, you know, hey, they're exterminating the Jews, but look at how stupid they are. So it was kind of like a fucked up premise and weird to watch. But uh, yeah, there's your there's your Hogan's heroes. So it has nothing to do with Hulk Hogan. No, I okay. I've, that's what I've just assumed they, my whole life. So they didn't even invent Hulk Hogan yet. I'm gonna fact check you on that later. All right, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, so 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 they feel like. Magneto might behind might be behind the disappearance nope, of Logan's that's, body. I'm calling Nazis. <laughs> Just because he's a Jew, he's behind the disappearance of Logan's body. What the <laughs> fuck? Why would you say that? <laughs> okay. So, but I'm looking at this and I'm like, it can't really be Magneto, but you know. But sh- I mean, he's metal. He pulled him out of the metal. Yeah, he's he's metal. He's so metal. He's metal. He's, he's metal, metal as fuck. Right. Okay. So. Like, Shadowcat is, like, acting kind of weird, like, willing to knock Domino out and have her memory erased. Like, it seemed a little weird for Kitty to be talking like that. And I'm like, bitch, you're keeping secrets, so who the fuck is anybody to point at Magneto for keeping secrets if Kitty is trying to keep secrets now, you know what I mean? Because she's telepathically telling Psylocke, like, oh, hey, you know, get ready to fucking mind-wipe Domino, and Psylocke was all pissed at Magneto in that volume of Uncanny for yeah. keeping secrets. So I'm like, what? This is a fucking double standard. No, but it, yeah, that was kind of, it was kind of weird for them to be talking like that. Domino well, was like, you yeah, know, you know, I was close to Logan too. I want to tag along. Let me be in your little fucking club. Yeah, and so like the bulk of this issue was just kind of a walk down memory lane. You know, and they go into this bar and the bartender shows them all of Patch's belongings. And, you know, it was, it was. Patch. It was it was cute, except for when Rogue reads this letter that Carol wrote Logan that he stashed away, you know, about how she was pissed that they let Rogue join the X-Men. Like, this bitch literally ruined my entire fucking life. And Xavier just let him join, let her join the X-Men. And, yeah. And why would Logan keep that letter? It wasn't Logan. 
It was Patch. Oh, I'm sorry. It was see Patch would do something like that. It was like uh, uh Logan. It was like uh, remember in uh, Drag Race when that one uh-huh. wrote the letter about hating the other one. Oh, oh my oh. God, this actually ties in perfectly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, it was uh, what was her name? Uh, t- 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 Thorgy was involved Thorgy. in it. Yeah, Thorgy got eliminated, wrote a letter to Trixie about Shangela, about right? Shangela right. and right. hating Shangela, and Trixie not only kept the letter, but put it on her wall, and Shangela was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? And Trix- I mean, what was Trixie's excuse? Just she, like, oops, she was just careless like, me. She was just like, oh, well, my friend wrote me a letter, and she said that she loved me, so I wanted to display it. And Shangela <laughs> was like, this literally says, fuck Shangela with a rusty knife in the ass. Why would you hang that up? Oh, man. I'm, I, I'm not upset, but I am upset at how well that tied in with the point I was trying to make. Jesus maybe Christ. maybe they wrote this story after watching RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> yeah. All-Stars season yeah. three. I'm sure they did. I loved when Shadowcat pulled out the picture of that fucking terrible costume. You remember it was like the overalls and the stripes and the roller skates Listen, from the 80s? I love that costume so much. That's not even an 80s thing. Like nobody dressed like that in the 80s. I know, but... Listen, I was there. Okay. I, I'm a witness. Okay, but, like, I would love to cosplay that outfit someday. I love it so much, just that because actually, it's so ugly. That is actually a great idea. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anybody cosplay it, but I'm sure Neither people have. have. I don't know. We're going to have to look that up. So, yeah, it wasn't Magneto that met with them when they got off the plane or met them for dinner. And they all look sexy as hell, by the way. They do look sexy as hell. Um, I can I can vouch for that. The artwork on their on their outfits was just fucking beautiful. Like I'm wondering if this artist is a fashion designer. It was it was they gorgeous. They were like all the same color schemes and stuff yeah. as their regular costume, but just like fancy. Yeah. And I I really like when they do that cuz it's it's been done before, but it's always really cool to see. Yeah. So it turns out that it's all these fucking Z-listers, these fucking Z-list mutants, this team ready to fight this team of X-Men. Led by Um, Viper. Yeah, led by Viper. And honestly, the only one of them who sounded even remotely familiar to me was Knockout. And I had to look them all up. And then I realized uh, not too long ago, I was reading this arc in Captain America with this villain, Superia. She had this team of villainous women they wanted to take over the world. They were called uh, the Femazons, I think. And there were tons of them. They had all taken over this island. And the plan was for uh, these villains to sterilize all of the women on Earth, except for them. So then, like, hey, if you want to procreate, you know, it's got to be through us. And it was really interesting. So that's why Knockout sounded familiar. And then I looked up the rest of these I'm, villains. I'm sorry. Can I just interrupt real quick just to say that that's the gayest thing I've ever heard in yeah. my entire life? Like, that is Yo, so lesbianic. No just... fucking joke. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Yeah, happy Pride Everybody's Month. Everybody's a lesbian. Perfect. I'm an honorary <laughs> lesbian. Thanks. All right. Yeah, so that, that was the plan. But back to this. Uh, I don't really know where this is going. I don't really care. I don't know. I really enjoyed this issue, and that was kind of weird, like I said, because I was talking about how Adamantium Agenda was like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? Well, literally, what the fuck does this have to do with with anything? But it was a really, it was a really good story. What does that have to do with, with Logan? Pride Month. With Logan, though. Logan loves lesbians. <laughs> Alliteration. That's the name? That's That's the name of the show. 
Logan Loves Lesbians. No, that's the name. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the name of the team. That's, that's the, the name, name of, of my team. autobiography. That's the name of, of this team of ladies. Logan's, Logan Loves Lesbians. Yeah, I like that. That's fine. Okay. Moving on to Legion. Which had no lesbians. No lesbians. So as I'm starting to read through this issue, I'm just thinking like, you know, I wanted to like this series and I didn't. It was interesting to see this character, Hannah Jones, introduced because it, this story kind of revolved more around her, to, to me it seemed, than Legion, you know? Like, you've got this doctor, this, like, trained doctor inside of Legion's mind. It was a cool setup, but the story didn't really do it for me, and neither did the art, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if the concept is you're inside somebody's mind, especially somebody like Legion with all these different personalities, like, the artwork should have been over the fucking top. You were raving about the artwork, like, the first episode. The I first thought, issue. Yeah, because I thought it was an interesting start. But the thing okay. is, is, like, once... Like, that that issue ended with them getting inside Legion's mind, right? And then now we've had these past few issues for this artist to just go nuts, and it hasn't happened. That's really my gripe. Like, the art isn't bad. It's just I wanted more from it. You know what? Um, I can't believe I didn't mention this before, but uh, Hannah Jones, every time I saw her... She looks exactly like her name is Rashida Jones, right? The actress. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, she same last like name, and yeah, every time I saw her, I was just like, "Oh, hey, uh, this is the lady from Parks and Rec." <laughs> it looks exactly like her. And it kind of does look like Rashida Jones. Yeah, and and again, so I'm reading through this initially, and I'm like, "Oh, this kind of stinks." You know, we're gonna have to talk about it. I'm just gonna be bashing it, and then this. Issue takes a really twisted fucking turn that I did not expect. So we kind of delve into uh, Hannah Jones's past and how she had this doll and she brought this doll with her to college and she was really fucking depressed in college and she was cutting the doll and then she was cutting herself. And I'm like, oh shit, this just got really fucking dark and real. And it was really, really sad. I don't know. Just like my heart just kind of dropped when I saw those two panels. The one of like the doll all kind of fucked up and her taking the scissors to it. And then the next one, you see her from behind and like she says something and you kind of know that she's cutting herself. I was like, oh man. You know, and then she just kind of snaps out of it and faces her demons and, you know, it upsets Lord Trauma and, and great. And I just kind of wish that there was, I guess, more of a setup for this. Is This is what I was thinking when I was reading it. I'm, I, literally, I haven't, like, altered any of my notes at all. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, like, I wish there was a longer setup, you know? Maybe she comes to this realization that she can, like, stand up for herself and fuck up Lord Trauma at the end of issue four. And then in issue five, we see her being badass. But, you know, then I had to think more about that. And I guess it kind of, it flowed okay. Uh, we didn't really need to focus too much on her past and her fucking up Lord Trauma. Um, it did feel too quick and easy, though. But, yeah, I, I kind of like how she was honest. You know, she kind of faced it. She faced her own greed. She's like, yeah, I was treating David not to help him, but so I could get famous. And that just helped her snap out of it. And so, yay, everybody was happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as miniseries go. I mean, I wasn't really expecting too much out of this series in the first place, and it didn't really deliver. So, you know, I was okay with what happened. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was like a little like cliche, you know, that she's like, yeah. oh, if I, you know, am honest and true to myself, <laughs> then this guy is just going to go away. Right. 
And at the end of issue five, you know, David's feeling all better. But this was uh, now this fucked me up though because you're you're right, and that's what I was saying before when I was like, oh, this is quick and easy. Exactly what you said, I agree with. But then this twist at the end, like, made my heart drop even further. You know, like, uh, you see her helping refugees. Like she's got some higher calling now, right? But then they reveal that, no, she's not helping refugees. She's still in a fucking coma. And David realizes now what Hannah Jones really wants. And he's just making that happen for her. He's creating this scenario in her head where she's helping people out there when really she's still in that hospital bed in a coma. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. I guess that's a kind of a cliche twist, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I had a problem with that because, like... Okay, I get that he's a telepath and stuff, and he can, like, see what she wants. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what you want and, like, what you do are, like, two different things. So, like, you know, he didn't really, like, get consent or anything. Because, like, I could be thinking, like, you know, I really want to live in Japan. And then he, like, transports me there or whatever. And I'd be like, what the fuck? The accounting system is completely different here. Where do I <laughs> live? Your, how am I going to make money? No, no, no. Because, because, like, how am I going to get a job? How am I going to support myself in a foreign country where I barely speak the language? I can't read that well. You know, like, what I want and, like, you know, what I need to do are, like, two different things. So that was, like, my kind of thing. I love how your first thought was accounting. Well, because, like, how am I going to make money? I can't do anything else. <laughs> you worked at GameStop. Yeah, okay. You I can could work do anything for no you money. You could do anything you put your mind to if Thanks. you work at GameStop. Okay. You have GameStop training, right? It's true. Okay. I don't know. I really love this last issue, though. You know, for the, the most part, the series kind of felt like meh, but I liked it. Um, I was still overall kind of disappointed with the series, though. I know, like you said, you 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 didn't really have any expectations, but. I guess I kind of did because I was like, oh, you know, fucking Peter Milligan. You know, he's normally like a DC guy from what I've seen uh, anyway, but he did, you know, X-Force and X-Statics. And I thought he did an amazing job writing that. So I was like, oh, he's going to do something else, trippy and weird. But um, for the most part, it was a letdown, but I did like this last issue. Uh, All right. So moving on to X-Men Blue, number 28. Uh, We see some tension. Between Emma, sexual tension, sexual tension between Emma and Miss Sinister, and bringing the, it back to the lesbians. The Happy Pride Month. Artists did amazing. They looked so sexy. The they art, did. the art in this issue was fucking amazing. Um, I, I, I loved it. I also was thankful that Miss Sinister um, explained to the the comic book audience what she was doing and why she was doing it. Basically, trying to weaponize mutants. So easy enough setup. Emma's had enough of Miss Sinister's shit. After Sinister calls her a harlot. That is perfect classic Emma. Call her a harlot and you're going to get fucked up. So yeah, she sent the Marauders to attack Sinister. Freed Jimmy. uh, Freed the uh, interim X-Men blue team. And um, we get a big fight and it was awesome. I loved it. So like the bombs carrying Mother Vine are exploding all over the world and Magneto has Exodus and Elixir, and I'm so glad that they are continuing that, as if these two are like his acolytes still. It's awesome. You know, you've got Exodus teleporting them around, and you've got Elixir fucking uber-powerful curing everyone of Mother Vine who shouldn't 
have Mother Vine affecting them. But, okay, so there was... There was this one guy in a place that they went to yeah. who turned into like a rock slide looking character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this guy was like, what the fuck? Turn me back to normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Magneto was like, no, you're like one of the chosen ones. You're one of us. Yeah. And I was just like thinking about that meme from the X-Men movie where Rogue was complaining about her powers about, you know, taking everybody's memories and not being able to touch or kiss anybody ever in her life. And Storm, whose power is to make sunshine and rainbows, is like, (laughs) it's a gift. What are you talking about? Like, okay, okay, give me the fucking fancy magnet power and you look like a fucking rock beast man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but Magneto was just basically like, no, you already had the X gene in you. It wasn't, you know, active yet. It was yet. inside of you all along. Right. And that's the moral of the story. No, but, but like, yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. Um, the dude lit, did look gross. Um, yeah, but it is what it is, you know? And, and it's not like it was Magneto's fault anyway. You know, fucking bad havoc and Miss Sinister and Bastion and Emma, they all fucking decided that this might be a good idea. So yeah, anyway, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't Magneto's fault. You know, it's not like really they can do anything about it. So anyway, it looked like Zorn disappeared, absorbing Bastion. So I guess unleashing that shit from his head is going to do that. Like, I don't know if Zorn's coming back, but I don't know how many people care anyway. I don't. I feel like most people are confused by Zorn. Rightfully, we don't know who or where or why. Why is Zorn? I don't know. I loved this, though. You know, Emma gets inside Havoc's head and she undoes the inversion. So he's normal again. So she reverts him. Yeah. And then fucking when Elixir shows up, he cures his pretty face. So now he's pretty again. So great. Everything's back to normal. I'm happy about that. And it makes sense. You know, I mean, Havoc's going to be joining the Astonishing team. So he's, he's got to be good. We knew that this was coming. And I like that Magneto, Exodus, and Elixir are still a thing. And I thought it was interesting that Emma tried reaching out to Magneto at the end. And of course, Magneto is still pissed over what happened at the end of IVX. And is like, nope, fucking, I'm going to fucking kill you. But I still hope that Emma is written as a hero again one day or continues to help the X-Men and send them champagne. All right, so uh, the last new comic we're going to talk about is X-Men Red Annual number one, which I have been waiting for. So fucking editorial can tie things in somehow with X-Men Red. And it's kind of upsetting, too, because uh, somebody posted on one of the Facebook groups that, like, he was ready to drop it. He was like, it's not that I think it's bad. It's just because this doesn't make sense, you know, how Gene is talking and acting like this to everybody when, like, they literally haven't tied all this stuff together yet. So anyway... Like, I'm reading through this intro to the story, and I'm like, alright, fine. They can't cover literally everything that's happened in the past, like, 14 years. Um, so they need to gloss over a lot of this stuff by just Gene being like, oh, they told me stuff. You know, this is how you kind of do it in one issue. But the first really great moment is when the guy threw the fucking hot dog at Kurt and Gene. And Kurt caught it and took a bite, and he's like, tastes like mustard and bigotry. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, no, I really liked that, but I was I was like reading this and he like caught the hot dog and I was just like I hope he doesn't take a bite out of that asshole cuz hot dogs bite. hot dogs are made out of assholes mm-hmm. and eyeballs like from this pigs. Guy. Yeah. Chad. 
Yeah, Chad. Fuck you, Chad. He's made out of assholes, too. Fuck you, Chad, and your fucking cargo pants, probably. I don't remember what he was wearing. <laughs> and your neck beard. And your fucking neck beard and your fedora. Get the fuck out of here, Chad. <laughs> there was a character in an issue of Doom Patrol from a few months ago called 50% Chad. And it was just legs. It was just legs and a waist. That's all 50% Chad was. It was amazing. I loved that, though. And then Gene starts flipping his shit and yelling at him. And like she but she just like reads his mind, which I'm like, she's she's doing this without permission. Alright. But you know this guy's a hateful troll and she calls him out on it and it was just glorious. She completely loses it on him and it looks like she's about to tear him apart until she finally calms down and just basically tells him to get lost. So that was awesome. Yeah, I love seeing Jean just fucking attacking Chad. Just all the Chads of the world, she just needs to go out on a rampage. But, like, I don't know if she said this or she was thinking that, like, oh, maybe it had something to do with his upbringing or whatever. Yeah, don't and, listen to your parents. Yeah. And um, she kept an eye over him yeah. when he went back to his house to mm -hmm. make sure that, like, nothing happens between him and his parents, which I was like, okay, that seems like a very Jean thing to do. Like, she's, like, mama bear. Yeah. And even though this guy is a fucking Chad, I'm sorry if your name is Chad. I'm going to use that as an insult from now on. What? It sounds like a dick name. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm uh, so to sorry, all the Chads Chad. of the world. I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> lose, lose the cargo shorts. And, and then uh, my favorite part was when um, she went to visit Laura and Gabby. It was so cute. Gabby was like fucking fangirling and. She was like, quick, what number am I thinking of? And Laura's like, she's an Omega level telepath. You can't just ask her that. You can't like ask her to do party tricks. And Jean was like seven and a half. And Gabby was like, oh, I threw in that half so that you would be confused. Yeah. And Jean was like, I, yeah, know. I know. I know. That was great. It was, it was really cute to see that. And then really interesting. You know what I mean? Like Jean just realizes there's somebody in existence who is like the daughter of Wolverine and needs to go see this girl. You know, because they, they had never met before. And, you know, Gab, but obviously they've heard all of these fucking stories and that's why, like, Gabby is flipping her shit. No, it was, it was, it was really cute. And then Rachel is there and then they decide to go confront Black Bolt for what happened yeah, with Scott. But, okay, so this is, this is something that threw me off because Jean said that they said, like, oh, I need to talk to her or something but didn't say who it was, and I assumed that it was going to be young Jean, and they were going to tie that back to when they met at the end of Jean Grey's solo series. Right. But it was Rachel. Yeah. That she wanted to talk to. Yeah. And I was a little upset by that, but at the same time, like, they haven't had too much interaction because Jean has been dead <laughs> most of the time Rachel has been around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually, or or rachel has been in england <laughs> that's or true something their schedules they just can't seem yeah. to get their scheduling right yeah one of them is dead one of them and is, one of them is in england one of i them's... know which is basically the same thing yeah pretty much <laughs> i'm sorry to our listeners in england and also those of you named chad and <laughs> extra sorry to those of you named chad who live in england <laughs> it was a joke guys i'm sorry um yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And I might as well address it now. I was going to later, but that kind of upset me. That young Gene was not addressed at all in this issue. Like, I get other things are 
going on with that X-Men blue team, like, in space and with the Venom suit, but, like... Oh, like, it doesn't have to tie up to, like, the exact issue that's right. going on now. Like, right. it could have been a flashback or whatever. Right, yeah, th- exactly. That's my point. Like, they could have made that work somehow... Because I feel like the two of them having a conversation, like, we needed to kind of see that. Even if it wasn't a long conversation, because really, like, what is adult Gene going to say to young Gene without giving away shit that might happen? And what is young Gene going to say to adult Gene without there being something awkward there? You know what I mean? But just it wasn't addressed at all. That was really the biggest disappointment of this issue. Because I liked this issue, and we're going to get to more why I liked it anyway. But that was the disappointment, is that wasn't even touched on here. Yeah, I agree, but also... they left it on a cliffhanger. I know, I know. And I was really hoping that they would cover it in this. But at the same time, I can kind of see that while it is an annual, and you know, it's longer than a normal issue, it's still they couldn't cover everything because she has been dead for such a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have rather her talked to young Jean than have talked to Rachel. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, But it was like, you know, sort of a cute moment when Jean was like, you know, I've got the kids of like the two men that I loved here with me to go confront Black Bolt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I liked that she said that she loves Wolverine. (laughs) Because that's my OTP. (laughs) And yeah, this was this was my favorite part of the whole issue, though, was when they went to go confront Black Bolt. And you've got that inhuman telepath there, like, kind of, like, warning them. And he's like, oh, you want to hurt him? And Jean was like, yes, but am I going to hurt him? And the thing was like, no. You know, I mean, she didn't... She actually stopped Rachel from attacking him because Rachel really wanted to fucking tear into him. You know, Jean's like, I understand what it's like being a king and, like, wanting to protect all of your people because that's how she feels about mutant kinds. But then, you know, she wants him to apologize. And he's like, I can't say it. And she's like, oh, you can use my voice. And he says, I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like that was enough, but at least it was something, you know, for the death of Cyclops. I'm really glad that they gave it so much weight in this issue you know that like he had to actually say it somehow that he was sorry for what happened to scott that was a great moment uh and then she visited scott's grave and she was like i wish you were here to change the world with me you know i don't know how that would work i don't know how that would look i just thought that the whole thing with black balls was stupid are you serious yeah i thought that that was like my least favorite part i mean Ah. like i get that she needed to confront him but like oh, wow, he said, I'm sorry. Like, that's not going to change anything. That doesn't do anything. He still was, you know, a giant fucking douche canoe. <laughs> what the so, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also, if Scott was alive, he'd probably still be with Emma because he was with her when he died. But also, Scott is not a very faithful man. And Scott gets around, and Scott jumps from woman to woman all the time. Well, no, that's that's an interesting point. Like, what would that look like if Scott is still with Emma, and then Gene comes back? Like, would he leave Emma and then go back to Gene? I don't know. Scott was kind of a, a much different person then. And also, you know, Emma only kind of snapped because Scott died to begin with. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That would be really, really weird. 
Do you feel like they like Black Bolt should have done more or should have said more or that Jean should have said more? Or... I don't know. I feel like her going to him would have been pointless anyway. So, <clears throat> I mean, I don't really feel like that was too important, but I get it. But at the same time, like, who cares? <laughs> I care. Okay. Lots so Jonathan care. cares. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So would you eat eyeballs and spleen? If so, would you eat them with mustard and or bigotry? You better not. Would you rate that mystery Madra poor or Madra rich? You Madra wait right there while we take a quick commercial break. Are you tired of corporations influencing media content? Lennon's ghost am I. Do you hate how easily bias can be bought from journalists? Free press my ass, but you can give my ass a press baby. Then stop by Geekade.com. From articles about sports and television, to podcasts about tabletop gaming and comic books, to videos about wrestling and video games, Geekade.com has all your geek needs covered without the influence of corporate money. What about bison dollars? Do you accept bison dollars? Check out Geekade.com today and tell us what's your geek. Hey you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm waiting to catch the bus. To visit my mother-in-law in the hospital? Fuck that shit. You can't save her. Why not save Wolverine and the X-Men instead? What? Is is that like saving the whales? No, stupid. One million to save Wolverine and the X-Men is an awesome Facebook page where you can find all X-Men related news, artwork, and buy awesome original merchandise. Huh. Well, my mother-in-law is a huge bitch. And Wolverine's never done anything bad to anyone, right? Right. Cool. I'll just call my wife and tell her that I'm going to be one of the one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men. She'll be so proud of me. She absolutely will. Make your family proud by following one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about some news. News. And we're going to start with comic book news. Comic book news. Cable. Cable. Is ending in July. It is ending in July. Aw. Aw. Are you really upset? No. You don't seem upset. No. Why aren't you upset? Because it's been so bad. But it's Cable. Okay. Cable. Tell me. Cable Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. associated with dollar bins. Cable is associated with dollar bins? Yeah. At the comic book stores, you know, like the $1 bins? It's always just Cable (laughs) and Bishop. (laughs) Those two series, every issue, $1. Do you think it's because they both time travel? Yes. Because time travel is only... Really? I, I don't know. I feel so bad, though. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to like how they're trying to give Cable some play. You know what I mean? Because he can be a good character. I loved the volume when he was, like, raising hope. And, like, you know... That was the only good one. Jump... <laughs> I guess. I'm holding on to that. You know what I mean? Like, that was such a good volume. And but it was because hope. Hope was there. It wasn't. It was because of how the two of them interacted. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, it definitely was because hope was there that it made it even better. But um, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've wanted to like this more than I did. Like we talked about this. There was that uh, volume where it just went one through five, and I know a lot of people like that for some reason. But we fucking hated it. And then you know it jumped to like issue one fifty or whatever, and it got a little bit better. And then um, these writers took over, Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson, and it's been all right, but apparently, um, like, I'm going to post all the links to all these news stories. They they knew that Cable 159 uh, was going to be the last issue. They knew that going into it, 
So, you know, they just did their best for the short run that they had, and hopefully they'll get to ride him again in the future. Um, but that this is going to be it. Cable number 159 is the end of it, and that's that's all we're seeing for Cable Solo series. What What is the last issue that came out? Uh, okay, so we just got number 157, and it was with Nate Gray. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I was not crazy about this story. Really? It's Nate Gray, yeah. But it's I Nate just, Gray. I know, but... Everyone loves Nate Gray, right? Who cares about Nate Gray? You have talked about Nate Gray before, haven't you? No, he's cute, but he's <laughs> stupid. It's oh. dumb. It's, uh... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I get that. But, uh... I don't know. There are people that really fucking love him. I don't know generally how people have been feeling about this series. All I know is that that recent Cable 1 through 5 series that we got, a lot of people loved. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I think that it has gotten better since, and now it's getting canceled. So, eh, it is what it is. Moving on, we're going to be getting Wolverine Dead Ends, number one, in August. Uh, Clever, right? Dead Ends. I get it. Like the dead is ending. (laughs) That's the joke. I get it. But. 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 It's either doing a play on words here. Yeah. Because it could also mean like the dead end, like a street is a dead end. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So it's 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 like that mattress firm thing. Yeah, that you I get put, it. It's that, a play on words. That you put me through a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah, which still should have been called Mattress Soft. Uh, <laughs> wait. So I thought we already had all the Hunt for Wolverine titles out. We do, but I this think. This is a surprise one. Yeah. This kind of ties into the next piece of news is that there there's going to be a Wolverine ongoing in September. So Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends number one. I think there was like a, a brief synopsis for it. It's just like the hunt for Wolverine is over. Now the time has come to put the pieces together and see what was learned. Kitty Pride, Daredevil, Tony Stark, and Sabretooth may have found what they were looking for, but it wasn't what they expected. Where has Wolverine been? What has he been doing? And how does it lead into next month's Wolverine number one? Was it the Adamantium Agenda team? The one with Daredevil and Tony Stark? So now, no, they're all in different parts of this. So Kitty Pride is in the Mystery and Mad Report. Daredevil is in Weapon Lost. Tony Stark oh. is in Adamantium Agenda. And Sabretooth is in uh, Claws of a Killer. Oh, okay. So they're tying it all together. Right. In Dead Ends. Right. See? I get it. Hey, right? They they're they're gonna hit a dead end. Yeah. But for Wolverine, the dead ends. I huh? get it. <laughs> so yeah, so we're getting Wolverine number one, right? That makes sense. He's coming back. And until like two weeks after it gets released, and then they start numbering it at four seventy. So <laughs> you know, who knows? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, but speaking of Sabretooth, Weapon X-Force is going to be a thing. Um, I hate the name. <laughs> because I, I was, we listen. were making this joke, like, months ago, and I was like, that would be stupid. They wouldn't call it that. No! Th- listen, I loved what he said in that issue where he's like, to me, my Weapon X-Men. Like, I literally yeah. laughed out loud. So, I, I think, you know, this isn't as funny as Weapon X-Men, but it's still kind of funny. Weapon X Wars. I don't know. So uh, this is uh, with Weapon X number 22. The new leader, Sabretooth, is going to recruit a roster of deadly killers ready to quote unquote do what the X-Men can't to protect mutant kind. 
Um, so this is the debut of Weapon X Force. Um, so Sabretooth is officially taking over as team leader, brings with him Omega Red, and we saw a little bit of that interaction in the latest issue. And Logan and Warpath have been ousted from the team due to a feud with the Feral Mutant, like, obviously. And so everybody's kind of, like, in the shadows on the cover of this. We don't know who the team is yet, so who knows? We know Omega Red, fine. Some people are speculating right now. Um, I've heard a few different ideas. I, I Obviously, they're going to release it um, before it even comes out. So we'll see. I'm kind of curious to see how it goes. I, I you know, for the most part, like this title, and I think it's interesting now we're going to see a bunch of villains fighting, really, to protect mutant kind, like... Omega Red? I don't know. But he's But he, there were already, you know, the Thunderbolts yeah. and Suicide Squad, which is like the same kind of idea, yeah. like have the villains work for a greater cause. Yeah, I, I guess it's just kind of weird to see Sabretooth leading I know, that kind of thing. I agree. Even with this inversion thing that's still taking place in yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's still fucking a little crazy. Good. He's still a little good. But it's just weird to see Omega Red, like, yeah. get on there. You know what I mean? So, not that I'm complaining. It's just weird. It is weird. So, anyway, uh, that's all the comic news for now. Moving on to TV news. The Gifted is moving from Monday nights at 9 to Tuesday nights at 8. Oh, which is, so maybe we can stay up and watch it. That's not too late. It's close to bedtime. Oh, it's close it. to bedtime for me. Yeah, for the, for those, uh, why would you know? Why why would anybody know? My I, I have an early bedtime. Patty does not. I go to bed usually around like eight thirty p.m. because yeah. I I get up because he's an eighty year old man. <laughs> I get up at like five a.m. every day because he's an eighty year old man. It's <laughs> just because yeah, I mean you know, and you get breakfast early and then you know so that means you can get lunch early and then you get the early bird special. Right, you can't beat those prices. That's the true, early bird and with special. the AARP discount too. Right, you know they they stop they stop giving you that kind of discount at like five p.m. So I've got to eat dinner at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's true, and it's close enough to bedtime by then. No, I, I, I don't. That's that's really why I didn't like watch it when it was actually airing during the last season because that was too late. And I don't care what anybody says. It's because like, like as a college student, I know a lot of other college students stay up till like fucking two in the morning, like writing uh, your ten page paper like the night before. I don't do that. I get up early. I ease myself into the day by drinking some coffee, and then I start getting my schoolwork done in the morning. And I don't know. It just works out better that way for me. So that's what I do. But she makes fun of me. So this news just came out, yeah, yesterday. Look at that. As of this recording. So I had to throw this in there. Is uh, FX announced that they have commissioned a third season of Legion, which I'm very happy about. New episodes are going to air in 2019. Um, The website, again, I'll post the link if you want to see any more information about it. So Digital Spy uh, recently chatted with Navid Negabon, who plays the Shadow King, about what the future may hold for the Shadow King in a potential third season for Legion. Um, he said that he wouldn't rule out a showdown with Professor X. Apparently, there had been some talks about that before. Um, he said he, don't know how, he doesn't know how real the talks were, um, and that's all up to the showrunner, uh, Noah Hawley. And to be honest, I'm very happy that Legion is going to be coming back for a third season. I am hoping that they don't keep going with the Shadow King. 
I'm okay with the Shadow King still being in existence in this show, but I just feel like they need to move on to a different focus and move on to a different villain. Yeah, I agree. It's been way too long. (laughs) That's like, that's part of the thing that's like boring about this show to me is that it's just been focusing on the Shadow King for so long. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Do something else. What's made it appealing, though, for me anyway, is how they've done it to, in two completely different ways in the two seasons, right? Season one was completely different for how they're handling the Shadow King in season two. Like, you thought you had the full story and the complete understanding of what the Shadow King was in the first season and that it was all taken care of, but it wasn't at all. You know, in season one, it's all, like, in David's mind. And, like, in season two, now the dude is fucking everywhere. We know who he really is. We know what the end game is. And I feel like if they do that again, like, in the third season, oh, nope, oh, this was just in this person's mind and this is truly the scope of the stakes now. It's just going to feel like stop jerking us around, do something different, you know? Start Not- jerking us off. <laughs> that it's, you know... It's it, it's just not going to be different enough. I, again, I love the show and I love this season. I just, I don't know, do another fucking trippy visual villain, you know, fucking Proteus or something. Like, who would you like, who do you think would make sense as another villain here? Man, I can't even think about anybody else. <clears throat> maybe, maybe they could do something like uh, they did with the first few appearances of Legion where he had to battle, like, the uh, three people who reside in his brain. Okay. I mean, other than that, I can't really think of anything <laughs> other than, you know, him triggering Age of Apocalypse, which <laughs> they're not going to do in this show. No, they won't. That would be amazing. But yeah, way too, the scope would be way too big. No, but that would be, that would be interesting if they had all these different personalities suddenly popping up in his head. Yeah. That he's got to fight and like with everybody's help. I don't know how that would play out, but it's definitely an interesting idea. I, I tried thinking about this earlier, and I'm like, I don't know, Mr. Sinister, Apocalypse? Yeah. Well, we've already seen that ruined on the big screen. Like, who else would they really do? I, I'm confident that they'll come up with something. This is a really interesting show. I know you're not a big fan of it, but I I, I love it. I think it's really interesting. You know, obviously, since uh, the last episode, um, since the, the last Mutant Musings episode came out, We've only gotten another two episodes of the show, and not a ton has happened. We had that weird thing with the fucking, you know, the black things crawling inside of everybody's head. And then we watched the other episode today, and I loved it. And, like, you know we're getting closer to, like, the actual end game now. You know, David's kind of, like, putting all these pieces together to fucking take out the Shadow King. But I was kind of torn on this episode because we had two things. You know, we had it focused first on Melanie Bird, who I was really upset with. And then the other was focusing on Lenny, who I absolutely loved. Um, and Carrie and Carrie, too, a bit. And they were they were really funny. But um, I just, it, it makes sense in, context, in the context of the show for Melanie Bird to be so hung up on her husband, on Oliver missing, but like... You know, it's kind of like her defenses are down so low that just even though he shows up, she just lets him in. And like, duh, his body was taken over by the Shadow King. And like, now the Shadow King's inside of you too, bitch. Like, stop sitting around the house and getting high all the time and complaining that your man is gone, you know? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I just wish she 
had done something else because now the Shadow King's in there. And you told me to stop victim blaming. I did. Yeah, and I I get I get that. But still, I'm so mad at her. Do you not care that this old woman is just doing drugs and letting the Shadow King take over? No. Why? What the she, fuck? She deserves to do drugs. She's what? had to live so many years. <laughs> what? Just let her get high. What the fuck? She's, she's been without her husband for like 20 years. She's been lonely. Let her get high. What else is she supposed to do? I... I don't, I don't know. Help people. Nah. <laughs> what the fuck? Is that what you're going to be like? Maybe. I don't know. Oh. Don't fucking suck drug smoke out of an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then the other side of this was, was Lenny. Lenny and, had sex with a lady. That was... I it was sexy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was amazing. No, but beyond just that being sexy, like... Aubrey Plaza is an amazing actress. I never would have thought. You know what I mean? Like, in the roles I had seen her in before, she's like, no energy, really drab, emotionless all the time. And she's just, like, over the top, like, so convincing in this role. I'm kind of sad, though, to see her, like, you know, back, like, in a human form and just going right back to being, like, fucking drug addict. And, no, she was really amazing and fucking, you know, David's sister is still in there and giving her shit about it. And uh, I love the line. Like, I just started cracking up when David's sister was like, you know, you can do things Sid can't. And she just snaps back, you got that right. Like, that was just so sexy. Yeah, um, that was awesome. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously she's, she's on the side of good, even though it's really just, you know, kind of David putting these thoughts in her head. I don't know. I don't want to see her get killed. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens next. We've only got two episodes left. I'm really wondering how they're going to end this season. But I'm kind of excited. And really just can't wait to see The Gifted come back. I'm so excited for that so much. Yeah, The Gifted is so much better than Legion, <laughs> honestly. I'm I'm worried about uh, The Gifted season two, though, you know? Because, I mean, now we've got, like, Polaris with the Hellfire Club. Yes! Yeah, but you know yes. that, Yeah, but you know that they're up to no good. I know. I want to see Polaris be bad. Yeah, but she might hurt somebody. That's okay. What if she hurts Thunderbird? Patty, if they kill off Thunderbird oh my God. in the fucking TV show, I'm gonna boycott the gifted. That means we have to boycott Emma Dumont. Oh, but I like her. She's I know. cute. I like her too. She is cute. I All want right. her face. What? She's pretty. I want her eat face. It? No, gonna... I just want I want her face instead of my face. I don't want to, like, rip her. I don't want to make a skin mask. Okay. She's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram to check out some of our favorite X images at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. What did you think of the X-Men Red Annual? Did it properly address Jean's return? How much are you looking forward to the lineup change in Weapon X? Join us next time when we'll be talking about new comics and some classic comics. And until then, fucking awful 80s costumes were right. Damn it, kitty. <laughs>